Award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Hey, we're glad you're tuning in, and thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's going to be a great show today. We are on Hatfield Knob on the North Carolina WMA and hoping to see some elk. Uh, we were out here earlier and the fog has now lifted. The elk were out there in the fog and now they've uh, kind of slipped off into the woods. But hey, maybe they'll show up before the show's over and uh, we'll get to see some. But I've got Mr. Uh, Matt Cameron with me today helping co-host and then Brad Miller, our elk program leader for the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. We thank you both for being here. We are thrilled to mm -hmm. be here. Excited. It's going to be a good show. Yeah. Cool day. Yeah. It's yeah. a little cool. I'm yeah. the guy with shorts and a t-shirt or short <laughs> sleeves, and then he got long sleeves, and then we got jackets. So, yeah. you know, we all got, uh, <laughs> this is how it is. Yeah. Jason's tougher than the rest of us <laughs> or dumber. We haven't decided which well, one. We won't answer that question today. Um, <laughs> you never know what kind of weather you're going to run into up here on Hatfield Knob, North Cumberland. Fact. You know, it could be rain, snow, uh, mud. It doesn't matter what time of year. Hey, you never know what you're going to see. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but all kinds of wildlife. It's great habitat up here. We've seen some turkeys. Uh, there's been a bear come through uh, on the elk cam uh, recently, and that was cool to see. If you follow that elk cam, you go out there and check that out and watch that. And then uh, the elk are always out here about every day, so at least. Yeah, they were here this morning. You just couldn't see them very yeah. well. So we yeah. postponed the recording a little bit here, and it's fared up enough, but we're going to go ahead and roll with it. Maybe they'll come through. Yeah at some point throughout the show but we are looking at a couple of hen turkeys and some poults out here behind us yeah there are critters it's fun to watch wildlife that's for sure um well today is uh, all about elk and we really want to focus on the elk rifle uh we've got one more week august the second is the deadline for the elk rifle and uh we want to let everybody know this is you know it's your last chance it's a great opportunity uh to win a prized elk tag but also maybe win some other gear and other you know other stuff that's really cool and we're going to go over that today highlight that and then we're going to talk a little bit about elk with with brad and and uh, see how the, the herds are doing uh but like i said august 2nd is the is the deadline for the elk raffle uh and they'll they're going to announce the winner on uh, august 16th so that's going to be if i'm not mistaken at the commission meeting in greenville we'll announce that live we'll have it on facebook and you can always watch the commission meetings live on YouTube. As long as there's a good signal and we don't have a problem, you can watch them out there. So, But the, uh, the Elk Raffle, one ticket for 20 bucks, three tickets mm -hmm. for $50, and 10 tickets for $100. So pretty good uh, pretty good options there. And uh, that best value is 10 for 100 That puts it back at the $10 per chance uh price tag as it was yep. last year but it was so successful last year we wanted to try to do it again this year and and it's looking good and uh, we're excited excited about it and there's also the uh, the option for um being drawn on the uh, wma uh quota hunts but that's that already passed end, so, yeah yeah by the time this airs so if you don't get drawn for that there's still this opportunity and uh anyway we'll talk more about the uh the quota hunt process um It'll come again next year yeah, if yeah. all goes well. So it, you hadn't lost all the hope of ever hunting elk in Tennessee. Right, It'll right. come around again. It'll come around again, yeah. So let's uh, let's hit some of these uh, these prizes for this year for the raffle. And I think uh, Mr. Brad here, he's a 
expert on guns too. Uh, so uh, like, yeah. Don't go that. <laughs> don't go that far. Huh? Well, we uh, we brought up this uh, this <laughs> rifle that you have a chance to win. So the, the grand prize is a hunt, a rifle, and um, a chance to be on the best of the West outdoor television show, and they'll come film your hunt. So uh, this rifle is a six point five PRC best of the West Mountain Scout. Now tell us, Brad, what is a, a six point five PRC? Well, you know, so I was looking at the prizes this year. I was blown away. You know, Best of the West, they're pretty well known. Um, you know, they make a lot of custom guns and um, have scopes with custom turrets, you know, for your yardage and that sort of thing. And, you know, the 6.5 PRC is a, a, a caliber that I'm really interested in. Uh, it may be my next, uh, my next firearm, maybe mm-hmm. a 6.5 PRC. But, yeah. you know, long, long story short, uh, you know, the 6.5 Creedmoor has mm-hmm. gained a lot of notoriety lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PRC... People are calling it its uh, big brother. You know, shoots a little, fowder, a little faster, a little more powder. Okay. Um, essentially like a, a seven short action ultra mag neck down. Um, so it's just shooting, you know, 140-some-odd grain bullets, uh, factory loads. Hornady makes them. And, uh, yeah, it's a it's a really great, great cartridge. Reach out and touch something at a long distance. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, nowadays um, it's, it's really common. A lot, a lot of folks are getting into long-range shooting. Um, you know, distance isn't. Drop is not such a, a big concern nowadays with laser rangefinders, but wind. So having a, mm. a caliber and a bullet that's got a good ballistic coefficient is slippery in the wind that, mm-hmm. that cheats the wind. So if you make those wind errors, you're not as penalized as if you're shooting, you know, different calibers that are not as uh, aerodynamic. Gotcha. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. And the hunt, uh, didn't want to pass this up, but the hunt's going to be in one of the better zones, right? Yeah, so um, the the raffle tag, so it's our second year for doing it as a raffle tag. Mm-hmm. Previously, it was, uh, you know, an auction on eBay or whatever, um, but we, we sort of changed things up. It's assigned to Elk Zone 1. We managed through a zone system. Elk Zone 1 is our probably our top zone. Um, What's the name of it? Um, well, Massengill. No, that's zone, zone four. I think. Oh. It, uh, it, but it's zone, zone one, one when you're okay. applying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, you know, it's if not a hundred percent success, it's right up there. Um, our raffle winner last year killed a big bull. I think it was a six by eight. Um, but it, it was a nice bull. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. You get a, a zone all to yourself. Um, a lot of elk in that zone. If the winner uh, doesn't take an elk in those first seven days. He actually or she actually has another seven days to switch zones and zone hop, and um, all the other hunters will be gone. So if you know you oh. hear of another big bull in another zone that somebody you know didn't have a chance right. at, you know you could go chase that one as well. Cool um, for another seven days. That's a, I didn't realize that. That'd I guess I forgot that. Yeah. Um, and if I hadn't already mentioned TWRF.net is where you buy these rifle chances, so make sure you check that out. Uh, second pra- uh, second place is 2019 Polaris Ranger 570. It's a it's a side-by-side vehicle, a UTV in pursuit camo, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd almost just uh, be good with second prize there. Yeah, yeah, I think anybody would. If yeah. you can't win the hunt, uh, go home with a nice UTV. So would be awesome. Uh, third, third place and fourth and fifth ain't too shabby if you want to <laughs> Throw those out there. Yeah, two uh, $2,500 gift cards for Bass Pro Cabela's, and that's uh, maybe a— It's fun to say Bass Pro Cabela's now, that yeah. they're not competing with one another. Right. You, know, you can go to either one. Right, right. They're a family. And that $2,500 would put a dent on a on a on one of their side-by-sides or something. You I, know? I, the, I guess it would. Or, um, or a nice rifle. Or yeah, that. yeah. Brad's talking about that, that rifle. It, it doesn't come cheap, does no, it? No, custom guns are not cheap. <laughs> And so yeah, yeah, man could could get having one of those rifles, and mm-hmm. he'd yep. have to find his own 
elk to hunt somewhere else, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. uh, win it. The night muzzleloader is your fourth place prize, a 50 caliber muzzleloader. It's called the Mountaineer. So that's, I mean, that's another great yeah. prize. I mean, you know. You ain't kidding. In Tennessee has some great muzzleloading hunting opportunities. Absolutely. It's one of the best times to be in the woods mm-hmm. is muzzleloader season. Yeah. So. But, and the way they make use. them these days, it's to, it's like it's almost, almost shooting a rifle. So. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's hard to call them a muzzleloader anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they load from the, the end, but... Yeah, they shoot flat and long yep. anymore. Yep. And then the, the, the fifth place prize is $1,100 in hunting gear, which includes boots and coolers and other camo and all kinds of fun stuff. So There you go. So you, yeah. great, great opportunities if you don't win the hunt itself. Right. And any idea how many tickets, chances of have been purchased. Uh, I mean, I don't know the number year right now. Year. It's, but I know it's growing. I think it's a little. It's more than it was last year so far. So yeah. that's that's encouraging it's and very encouraging. You know, a, a lot of this money uh, is going to go toward habitat improvements and and help the elk program and and everything that we do for elk helps all kinds of wildlife. Mm-hmm. And as you can see behind us, you got elk, you got deer, you got bear, and everything passing through Hatfield Knob here. And um, so, and there's no limit on how many you can purchase. Correct. Right. You can buy as many yeah. chances as you want. So, yeah. you know, five grand would put you um, <laughs> put you in pretty good odds, wouldn't it? It, it would. <laughs> it would. So that's uh, you got the money to spend. It's a it's a cool deal, and it's a great great thing for Tennessee to have. I think the raffles it was a good idea from the start. Um, and actually, this elk raffle uh, idea won a surprise or won us one of the that's right awards the at the ACI conference. Other way, sure so, did at uh, first place. Yeah, award correct. Yep. Yeah. So once again, the deadline is August 2nd, so you still have time to get in there and you go to twrf.net yep. to uh, to purchase these. And uh, one for $20, three chances for $50, or 10 chances for $100. So mm-hmm. don't forget about it. Don't let that opportunity pass you by because you you don't get, we're not going to get many chances to hunt Falcon, Tennessee. 15 or so mm-hmm. quota hunt permits and then this one raffle. So if you're serious about wanting to hunt elk, need to get on board with this probably your best chance yep yep and and we were talking earlier this marks the 10th anniversary we've been hunting elk since 2009 mm-hmm. i was here for the first hunt that was a cool experience and now it's 2019 and we're going to be hunting elk again you know keep keeping the traditions alive 10 years in a row yes so. yeah do you want to jump into the, the history of that and the, the whole elk hunting program or yeah yeah let's let brad tell us that? you know we Since we introduced elk back in 2000 ish mm-hmm. 1999 right. mm-hmm. and now we've got what do you say about 400 something yeah yeah something like that you know we we turned loose over a you know eight or nine year period about 200 elk and uh we're you know it's really hard to estimate population size but you know we're somewhere 400 450 or so mm-hmm. um you know elk hunt started fairly small five tags uh in 09 um, it's expanded. You know, we now have an archery season. Uh, last year was tremendous. It was, uh, you know, seven hunters, and they got seven bulls. Um, with archery With archery tag. Yeah. Wow. And then we do, you know, seven gun hunts uh, or gun permits and then uh, one youth. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's expanded. We've got more, more elk zones, which are public mm-hmm. land areas, uh, than we had in the beginning. You know, we've picked up... Uh, opportunity at the Tackett Creek unit uh, on North Cumberland. You know, it's broken up into four different units. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, a really neat system, really neat opportunity, um, and has been really successful. So the elk are moving and, and, and the herd's growing. And mm-hmm. uh, how many counties do the elk roam in? Yeah, so, you know, we have um, five counties that are 
contain our elk restoration zone. We're trying to keep elk within that zone. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with the North Cumberland Wildlife Management Area being right in the middle of that, that zone. Um, and, you know, we still have areas on, on the public land where I'd like to see some elk. And, and you know, we're doing our best to um, expand habitat um, and create corridors and, and um, just allow uh, some more natural expansion into some of those uh, currently unoccupied areas. Okay, cool. What cool. What is their habitat preference? You know, we, we grew up with white-tailed deer here, and they're a very yeah. browsing kind of animal. Yeah. Acorns and so forth, but yeah. an elk's a different beast. It is. Um, it's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Yeah. That's amazing. Tasty. And, and yeah. that, you know, that's a great point about them being big, and that's, you know, that's what I try to tell our, our elk hunters that get drawn is it's not something you're going to grab and, and drag out of the woods. You need to have a plan because you need to be thinking horse, not deer. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you've got, you know, seven, 800 pounds of limp weight, um, you, you better have a plan. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, their diet changes throughout the year. It depends on, okay. um, you know, late winter, they're more of, um, you know, grasses and summertime it's more forbs and fall they're eating acorns like a deer would Um, so it it varies throughout the year so what we try to do is basically provide what they need um, that that would uh, be available you know to meet all their year-long nutritional and and, and dietary requirements Um, so you know just where we are here at the elk tower we've got a 30 some odd acre field that um, you know we we keep planted and uh, you know winter wheat and clovers and we'll drill beans in the summer and then we've got other fear other fields uh nearby um just within this little you know two mile area we've got about 80 acres of, of wildlife openings um you know on the way out on this main road we've got areas that we have um, sprayed with herbicide and, and burned and set back that vegetation mm-hmm. um to create lots of forbs broadleaf weeds um, okay. the elk really need and deer use um, turkeys nest in in the summer so mm-hmm. you know it's just a little bit about um, um, how you have areas uh, juxtapositions the biologist term but how yeah, you have areas yeah. stacked next to each other make it available for a lot of different animals and and uh, an animal's uh, entire year-long um, annual home range and about how many elk use this particular field where we're at right now? Well, you know, folks have seen up to, you know, 60, 70 animals out here. Crazy. A um, lot, of, lot of elk, you know, in this Hatfield Knob area. Um, it's, it's really got a neat history. We, um, you know, when we brought the elk in, um, the first few years, a lot of them had radio collars, and there was intensive monitoring, UT research, looking at what they were using, where they were going, survival, all that kind of stuff. And they actually had a mortality in this area, hmm. and they came um, to find it. Uh, met an adjacent landowner, Terry Lewis, which y'all I think know, and you know, it, this area was a surface uh, removal from mining. That's why it's so flat. There's not a lot of flat ground around here. Yeah. Um, but it was an area that people kept seeing elk, kept seeing elk sign. Um, so, you know, we had this partnership with the uh, Tennessee Wildlife Federation, the Campbell Outdoor Recreation Association, and TWRA. We all worked together to, you know, clear this, uh, put this tower up. And, I mean, it's been a tremendous success. Um, you know, UT did a study just a few years ago that found twelve to 14,000 people come up here annually to, mm. to watch wildlife and see elk. I mean, it's, um, it's quite a resource here eight miles north of La Follette. And uh, worldwide, you can 
catch it on the web. On the web, You yeah. can watch these elk on our website, tnwildlife.org. I think I see some kind of critter out there, maybe not. Uh, tnwildlife.org, and you can you can tune in and watch these elk and watch the bear. There was a bear out here, like I said, a few weeks ago, uh, and the deer and the turkeys, they, they like this this knob. Mm-hmm. So Earlier cool. in the morning and later in the afternoon toward evening, I guess, probably yep. the best time to view them. Yep. Yep. And we did miss our opportunity this morning. Yeah. They were here. We just we, we couldn't see them. Yeah. Not far behind us. A little too foggy. Yep. They were they were grouped up out there and as soon as the fog lifted, they lifted. <laughs> they, they made their way out. So um, now a lot of this you're telling us, some of this planning efforts and, and, and habitat work, it all falls in under an elk plan, right? You have a plan for what you all do. You're not just out here to say, Well we're gonna plant soybeans because we wanna plant soybeans. Yeah. There's a reason. Yep. Tell us about the plan and what that plan is all about. You know, one of my catchphrases I use with the guys is, you know, we want to make sure we don't do these random acts of conservation. You know, Mm -hmm. we try to be very strategic in how we allocate our time and our equipment and our manpower and just resources in general. And to help, you know, guide all those decisions, uh, we developed an elk plan a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, it, it lays out, you know, what are our priorities? What do we need to be thinking about? We got a lot of public input on this, crafted this plan, and now uh, we're doing annual public uh, meetings, uh, usually in March. That's when we did this last one. It was mm-hmm. our first, first year of it, uh, where we're trying to get additional input as we go, where we say, hey, here's what we've been doing. Um, here's what we're thinking about doing. And, uh, you know, what comments do you have, ideas, suggestions? And, you know, even the... the the elk camera you know that came out of some of our public planning process where you know some other states had been doing this and uh, you know one of the attendees said hey well why don't y'all do it and we said well okay (laughs) why not yeah Yeah, it's been wildly successful absolutely so the plan you know it's available on the website um, on the elk page and you know basically it goes into you know over the next 10 years what should our priorities be what should we be thinking about and it's you know things like uh, providing um, recreational opportunities, whether that's elk viewing here at the tower or other areas. Um, it talks about habitat, you know, where should we be um, keying in on, you know, what should we be thinking about doing. It's got um, areas in there about education, um, elk conflict with humans, you know, elk, you know, there are wild animals, mm-hmm. they, they have issues like every other wild animal and, um, you know, it, it really goes into all those various facets of, of managing a, an elk herd. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, then there's also a lot of research going on out here, and UT's helping you with some of that. Talk about some of the research they're doing. Yeah, you know, I mentioned earlier when we first brought in elk, um, you know, the first two or three years from 2000 to 2003 or four, we had a pretty active research um, project, you know, had two or three students on it and uh, trying to figure out, you know, where are the elk going? What are they using? How's their survival? And, you know, we're kind of... and. It, so after that concluded, you know, there was kind of a period where we, we weren't doing as much research. So um, we're kind of ramping that up again. We're working with UT, and we've got a couple of Ph.D. students and a master's student that have been looking at, you know, some of the redoing some of what was done in the past, but also some, uh, some new things, um, you know, science changes. Um, we're now looking at DNA, which we weren't really looking at back then, mm-hmm. where uh, you'll go collect, you know, elk pellets, and you can uniquely identify an animal you do that across the whole area you can develop uh, population estimates from it you can um, you know take pellets and uh, do diet analysis figure out you know what are elk eating Mm -hmm. at certain times of the year and that helps guide management Mm -hmm. activities you know Um, so I mean it's just a a variety of things we're looking at we're um, 
still in the very preliminary stages. They've gone through and, and had a field season, um, put out GPS collars on some cows and some bulls. Uh, we're going to do some more this upcoming fall. Uh, so just be, you know, be looking for that. We'll have some, uh, probably do some press releases, maybe do some, you know, videos or whatever to uh, highlight what we find and, and uh, introduce the students to, to folks. Awesome work. And when will that study conclude? So it's a three-year study. Okay. So we've got a couple of years left. Okay. So they, uh, yeah. Matt, they do they do the study mainly up here where they where it's easy to find elk, or are they out looking for other in other sections? Other yeah. Areas? So these elk are pretty easy. Um, they're out know, here most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. 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 And they're they're fairly laid back uh, personalities up here. They're so used to people. Other areas, the elk are um, not as approachable. Okay. You know, they might let you get within you know 100 yards or whatever and then they're going to book it on out of there um, so it's really tough um, darting those kind of animals because you know using a dart rifle it's essentially like uh, bow hunting you know you need to be within 30 maybe 40 yards but if you have any wind at all it really blows the darts around mm -hmm. so i mean it's it's tough it's a challenge yeah but they, they did a great job we got um i think we were 18 animals or so uh this year so uh, we've got a few to go um next fall well, you talked about genetics briefly. Has there been any uh, genetic influence from the elk coming out of Kentucky, particularly like in the Tackett Creek unit? Yeah, yeah. So um, Dr. Lisa Muller at the University of Tennessee has been looking at some of the genetics of, uh, of our elk. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. You can figure out, you know, which elk came from our Elk Island source right. um, versus the Kentucky elk, which were from, you know, six states or so from, from out west. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, you can figure out, you know, who came from where. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we've seen some Kentucky influence. Um, I'm hoping with this new study um, and picking up some, some sites in Tackett Creek where we've been collecting scat, we can um, tease that out a little bit more. But uh, we certainly have Kentucky elk uh, that have come into Tennessee. We had elk in Tennessee from Kentucky before we, you know, brought in our elk. Um, okay. So, yeah. Didn't realize they'd been here that long. Well, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They, creeping in. They were creeping down. Well, they, huh? they dumped out a lot of elk. You know, like I said, we did, you know, a little over 200 they did a couple thousand, you know. So yeah. Wow. There's a lot yeah. of elk. They have more habitat for them, I guess, up there, don't they? Don't yeah, you know, um, in Kentucky, they've got a 15 or 16 county um, elk zone. You know, ours is about five counties, a portion. Um, they have a lot of surface top mining where you remove the top of the mountain, leaves a flat spot, lots of grasses and forbs. Like what we're here, yep, yeah, here like, right? But Hatfield think Nom. bigger scale. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is a little different than what we have here. Uh, we have more of, uh, you know, strip benches and, and that sort of thing, not so much of the surface mining. And that was before they had to reclaim the mine sites? Is that from mining from years ago? They just got the coal out and just left it? Well, I mean, even back? in the reclamation process, you know, um, federal OSM agency they they have certain stipulations where you do have to um you know reseed and but um it it ultimately has created pretty good elk habitat up there and um you know we've uh you know we've talked to the kentucky guys a lot and um you know we're just a little bit different here than, than what they have yeah um, but um you know that's our our main obstacle here at north cumberland is just the extent of mature closed canopy forest, which is not ideal elk habitat. Explain um, that to people. How, how what's the percentage of yeah? I mean, it's high nineties, mm -hmm. um, which you know you think about 
elk out west or whatever, you know, they'll certainly use, you know, those deep, dark canyons and, and forests out west. But there's also a lot of open ground that elk use oh, out yeah. So it's the same thing here. Even historically in some of the old um, explorer accounts, they talked about big fields and, and uh, prairies and things and seeing elk and even, you know, bison. Um, so, you know, we're not there anymore. Um, we don't have those... Um, those big, large, expansive uh, fields and areas um, available for elk now. I see. Talking about the elk from Elk Island and LBL and the other places that we got them and yeah. the ones coming down from Kentucky, they're all the same species, right? Or yeah. are they? Yeah, it depends if you're a lumper or a splitter. Um, you know, <laughs> <Excuse> there's. <laughs> what you call me? Yeah. Um, so. Are, but okay, if they're not, yeah. if they are subspecies, but, right? But do yeah. they? Yeah. Do you see one some doing better than others in this our habitat we have here in Tennessee? Uh, are they all doing about the same? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't really say how Kentucky's herd has grown tremendously, and I don't know if it was due to source population, habitat, uh, subspecies, um, or or what. But you know, they're up to ten thousand elk or so. Um, which is a substantial herd. We're, amazing. Well, they started with 2,000, too, right? Yeah, they, in they the thousands. Out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they put out a lot of elk, and, you know, maybe that, that, that helped having a larger founder population, having them from multiple states, a lot of diversity, perhaps. Yeah. But I'm just, you know, speculating. I, I don't sure. know. But they were very successful in Kentucky. And, you know, we're not doing bad. Uh, we're slowly growing every year. If you look at our uh, population estimates, um, they're just – you know, 7% annual increase, give or take, something like that. Uh, but again, it's really, really hard estimating elk populations. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we have elk on public land, and you can generally find them, um, count them, mark them, you know, count them again as part of the, the population analysis. But we also have a, a lot of elk on private land, which we just don't really have access to. You know, you hear people say, yeah, I've got X number of elk using, you know, my hillside or my field or whatever. But really incorporating that into our population estimate is, is tough. Hmm. Well, can you talk about uh, recruitment for a minute? I know we had a calf on the, uh, the elk cam a while back, and that yeah. was cool to see. Yeah, it's really neat to see. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like some years we see more calves than others. Um, but generally, our elk have pretty good recruitment. Um, if you look at... Uh, what they did in the Smokies, they had a lot of impacts of bear predation on their calves initially. Uh, during, you know, they, they started a year or two after us. Um, I think that may have got a little better is what I hear. We're not really seeing that here yet, but our bear population is increasing here at North Cumberland um, every year. We're seeing more and more bears. Okay. Yeah. Something we hadn't considered. Much yeah. about bears being a threat yeah. Yeah, yeah. to them. Yeah. It's a big dinner. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The calves are about the size of a, a whitetail, you know, yeah. and you, in a few months. You can't tell them apart, really. Yeah. Well, I wish they had shown up well, for the segment. That's part of it. Hey, uh, it's still great views. Great to be up here and see the mountains in the, in the, you know, in the background. And if you're listening to the show, make sure you tune in on Facebook or YouTube because it's great to see, not us, it's great to see what's behind <laughs> us. So, uh, but anyway, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Brad, thank you for jumping in here and being yes. part of this show, being part of the day. We've, uh, we've uh, talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. Uh, this is the place to find out that information. We're trying to get this information out to the public and uh, to you. So uh, keep tuning in to Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Matt, thank you for... Man, I, I, just, I love doing these, especially right. when you get outside and yeah. get to it, see and enjoy what we, we manage. It's, exactly. It's always a blessing. Exactly. All right. Well, we thank you all for tuning in. 
and we'll see you next time on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.